Congregation, the text for this morning, our service, is from Matthew 1, verse 21. Matthew 1, verse 21. Let me read as follows. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So far. The theme for this morning is saving his people from their sins. With the help of the Lord, two thoughts, saving his people, and secondly, saving from sin. So saving his people from their sins, in the first place, saving his people, and secondly, saving from sin. Congregation Joseph and Mary were engaged, and that was not a little thing. It was an official meeting with witnesses. They were legally kind of married, or they had not consummated marriage yet, but they are already husband and wife, as the Bible says. Because I read in verse 19, then Joseph, her husband. And I read in verse 20, also the same thing. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto Mary thy wife. So they were husband and wife, but not officially married yet. But to be, be engaged was quite something. And although they were married, not, not married, but although they were husband and wife, they yet kept the intimacy for later. They did not live in sin, and they did not fall into sin, they were afraid of sin. They did not want to know better than the Lord, and did not resist him. They, they were waiting until it was the Lord's time. Have you repented of this sin? You know what I mean? Is there a reason for you to repent? Or there is also forgiveness, but only through the Lord Jesus Christ, only through the child. Joseph and Mary, they lived in Nazareth. But Joseph worked as a carpenter. And one day, Mary told her fiancé that she was expecting of the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Ghost had come over her, and that she now was with a child, with the Holy Child, and that an angel had, had appeared unto her. Who would believe that? Why was she not lying? Had she cheated on Joseph? And Joseph knew that he could not have been Involved. He knew it, that she could not be pregnant from him. 
They had not lived in sin. There was therefore no other conclusion that Mary had another friend. And Joseph therefore intended to leave her. No, he would not publicly shame her. He would not retaliate. He would not go to her parents and family accusing her. He would just disappear with a pain in his heart. And he still kept thinking about it. How is this possible? Is this true? I cannot believe that. What a pain for Joseph. He loved Mary. And he himself was, the Bible says, a just man. With the desire to live according to the will of God. Yet also kind-hearted, wasn't he? Kind-hearted. He didn't want to make it a public shame. He did not understand it. But he was thinking about it. As you see in verse 20. But while he thought all these things, also at night, thinking, thinking, mulling it over, how is this possible? This cannot be true. It is not from me. And Mary is not like that. He didn't know what to do and where to turn. And while he thought all these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. And the angel said, Joseph, son of David, seal the son of David. He was also appointed to be the son of David, to also let the Lord Jesus be the son of David, in the legal sense. So Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that she was conceived in her is the Holy Ghost. So he is solving the problem for him. And then there's such a beautiful message in there. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou, as a father, as the son of David, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jesus. What a beautiful name, Jesus. The name Jesus is Latin, Jesus. It is a translation of the Greek Jesu. And Jesu is a translation of the Hebrew Yeshua. Make a long story short, it literally means the Lord saves. And in the shorter form, Savior. That is the literal translation of the name. Savior. The Lord saves through his Son. The Lord Jesus Christ. But it says he will save his people. That is an explanation of the, of the, of the angel. So the translation is, the Lord saves. The explanation is, he shall save his people from their sins. His people. Who are they? 
he will save not everyone. He will save his people from their sin. Are they all converted then? No. Many are not yet. They will be. But the Lord saves his people that he knows from eternity. That he has chosen before the world began. That is his people in the Lord's holy mind. The people he was thinking of. The people he had given to his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that is his people. And the Lord Jesus came to save that people that was not his people. There were law am I, as Hosea says. The law am I, not my people. But he makes them his people. So they become his people in conversion. And they were God's people in God's mind in eternity. So Jesus means he shall save his people from their sins. No, it doesn't say he will try to save his people from their sins. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say he will attempt to do that. He will offer it. And then it's up to them if they want. No, he shall save his people from their sins. He will do that. He cannot do it in a different way. He must do it. He is faithful to himself and faithful to his promises. And he can't let it go. And the Father has given his son, given his people to his son, and he is not unfaithful to him. He keeps his people also from it. But he loves his people with an eternal love and cannot let them go. I read in John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. That's what he's doing. He gives his life for his sheep, not for the other ones. He gives his people that salvation. And he rescues them out of the power of Satan. And the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And if someone has given his life for someone, that means salvation, period. John 17. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. As many. Not more, not less. As many as thou hast given him. That's his work. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. See, that's also from John 17. That is an election God cannot and will not repent of. 
He will save, he shall save his people from their sins. That is also exemplified this morning on at the Lord's Supper. The Lord says, I will do that. I have done that. He shall save his people from their sins. I like also Acts 13, verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard of this, they were glad and glorified the words of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. So as many as were ordained, they believed. Because they were ordained. They were chosen. They were his people in God's mind. Romans 9 is clear about this. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. So that is also exemplified again at the Lord's Supper table. The Lord says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. That is his choice. That is his sovereignty. It's his freedom. Oh, sure. We may preach the Lord Jesus to all of you. Also tonight, we hope to do that. But although we preach the Lord Jesus to all, we don't say that he suffered for you. You don't say that. Although we believe in the sufficiency of his sacrifice. Yes, we believe in, this, in, 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 in the sufficiency. So we may preach to you a crucified Jesus. We preach unto you a crucified Jesus who was crucified for his people. He shall save. He will do that. Not only offering it, not making it an option, but the Lord Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Saving his people. Brings you the second thought, saving from sin. What a precious name did the Lord Jesus save his people from something. From their sins. So that is again not the translation, but that is the explanation. Lord Jesus called Jesus. That means the Lord saves because he will save his people from their sins. From? Yes, he is delivering, saving from the greatest evil. He is saving from the power of sin, the slavery of sin. Because sinning is slavery. It's an addiction. It's something you can't stop yourself. You cannot change that yourself. But he can save 
a people bowed and in slavery. He can just break those those bonds and and freedom. He is able to save people from the guilt of sin. You know that feeling guilty? You're feeling guilty not only of a few sins, but feeling guilty. You feel that distance between the Lord and you, and that something needs to be paid that you cannot pay. We will save his people from that guilt feeling. So often that people has the feeling that they're broken. They are so dead in sins themselves, they cannot find salvation inside at all. But he saves his people from their sins. <coughs> he saves his people so from the punishment of sin. And the punishment as well. He takes that punishment away. He also takes the pollution away. Not everything at the same time, but gradually in their life. In sanctification, in that process that begins on the day of their repentance. The Lord saves them and keeps saving them and does not let them go. He saves his people. He keeps holding them in his hands, saving them. Because God's people are saved, right? But if the Lord would let go, they would lose their salvation, and it cannot be. So he's holding on to them. He saves his people from their sins. Although those sins are so offensive, although those sins are so heinous and so vile in the holy eyes of the Lord, yet he saves his people from it. Faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief, Paul said. I'm chief. I'm the chief of sinners, and he yet delivers from that. So today we remember not only that the Savior came in the flesh, as it is in Advent Sunday, but also was willing to die. He saved by laying down his life. He was born, but he laid down his life to save his people from their sins. So today, at the Lord's Supper table, it is a day of humble joy. Or may the Lord give that humble joy in the hearts of his people. May become alive again. They may have attended 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Maybe, maybe longer. Several times a year. They have attended many, many times. And maybe now it is the day that they say, I can't go anymore. Maybe they say, I just have deceived myself. Maybe they have strayed from the Lord. But the Lord says, 
that he saves his people from their sins and that is understood better than before. They see it after many years, maybe even much, much, much better. What sin is that power of sin, that guilt of sin, and that punishment of sin, that pollution of sin, they cannot possibly rid themselves from it. And the Lord says, I know you people. That is exactly why I have instituted the Lord's Supper, to let you know that Jesus means he saves his people from their sins and he doesn't stop doing that. He has begun a good work, will also continue it. So at the table, the Lord confirms that he has saved his people from their sins and that he will. At the table, the Lord underlines that he continues to deliver and that he will finally have saved his people from all their sins. When God's people die, then they have been saved from everything, from the power and the pollution and the guilt and then all things are well. Or they'll be. So that you may sit at this table, or if you cannot sit at this table, think about that. He'll save his people from their sins, and there'll be nothing between God and them anymore. There's nothing in the way. So when you come to the table, People of God, remind yourself that his name is Jesus. When you eat at the table and you receive the bread, meditate on that. Jesus, he saves me from my sin. He saves me from all the guilt and the pollution, the power and the punishment, the shame. He is doing that. Remind yourself, when you eat bread, when you take it, when you return to your seats, give thanks to him whose name is Jesus. Because he saves his people from their sins. And when you return to your seat, and also remember who Joseph was, and Mayor was, that they are also God's people. And they're fighting sin, a living, a holy life. And you who does not believe in him, you in whose heart there is no room for him made yet, he is not inviting you to come to the table, but he invites you to come to him. Not to the table yet, but to him, as you hope to see tonight. If you have no divine right, please abstain. If you have no church right, please don't come. And yet, people of God, don't deny him. 
He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And may the Lord give it in the hearts of his people, the application of it. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen.